This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. You're going to find out all the aspects of hiking in our beautiful Pacific Northwest woods and a little bit beyond. I'm a country boy with a soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never met anyone quite as beautiful as you. Check us out over CascadeHikerPodcast.com. That's right, CascadeHikerPodcast.com. That's where you're going to find all the show notes and links right there. Enigmatic like that of the cosmos. Never held your hand. I want to thank Whiskey Fever for letting me use that awesome track there that was Tall Grass off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. You can find them over at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. They're from Cedro Woolley, Washington. Go check them out. I'm your host, Rudy Getzik. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? I am Sarah, and I am from Kailua, Hawaii. Oh, wow. Okay, but you're on the East Coast. Why are you on the East Coast? I'm visiting my family. Oh, okay. You, uh, you like to hike out there, though? Yeah, I just finished the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> That's a good reason to be over there. Yeah. What, uh, so you've done the Appalachian and the Pacific Crest Trail. Have you done any other long trails? Uh, I've done the Colorado Trail, and in February, I did the Annapurna Circuit in the central Himalayas of Nepal. Oh, wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've kind of been following you a little bit, kind of here and there, but uh, I, I, don't, I can't catch everything. I mean, you know how social media <laughs> could be, but wow. I did see some pictures from some crazy spots. That must have been Nepal. Yeah, I climbed the uh, tallest mountain pass in the world, just under 18,000 feet. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> it was the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's jump back a little bit. Um, so you're from Hawaii, so you've done a lot of hiking over there as well? Yeah, I, I lived on a, I've been on Oahu for about 10 years, and so I've pretty much hiked the whole island. And when I ran out of hikes, I said, well, maybe I should just do it for a while. So that's where the idea of the PCT came up. <laughs> so you're like, well, I'm going to head over to kind of mainland USA. I might as well stay there for a while. Yeah. I mean, up until two years ago when I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail when I was only 26, that was essentially the first time I'd ever really seen snow. So it was quite the adventure for me. <laughs> nah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, where, where does the name Fearless Sarah come from? Um, when I was actually 15, I had uh, corrective scoliosis surgery. So I was put a titanium rod, was put in my back, and corrected my spine to straighten it. And maybe six years ago, I was hit by a car when I was riding my bike. I'm a bicycle commuter. I haven't had a vehicle for about seven years. And I was riding to work, and a lady ran a stop sign. And it was actually my back surgery that saved my my back, my mobility. I have a, a few crushed vertebrae in my back. And the only reason I'm really walking and moving is that I have a titanium rod keeping my spine good. <laughs> really? So I kind of just limited myself for a very long time. You know, I've had this back surgery. I can't do that or I can't do this. And after that accident, I walked, you know, I walked away essentially from it and it kind of woke me up. And so I think that was the day that Fearless Sarah was born. And so I started 
it didn't just start with the long hikes. It started with trying new foods and traveling to new places and, and trying new things, you know, yoga and running and biking and boxing classes and everything you can think of. It kind of starts small and it escalates. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, that's, a, that's such a cool story. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I'm sure you get that a lot. So uh, I, one thing I really wanted to talk about, uh, so, somebody actually recommended you uh, that I should reach out to you to come on the show. So thank you. I forget who it was, but um, <laughs> and thank you for coming on. But uh, Absolutely. the first thing I noticed when I went, and I had been following you for a long time, but uh, I hadn't been seeing you in the feed in a while. And I looked you back up and your picture, which I recall because I remember seeing it a while ago from uh, the Northern Terminus at the PCT, uh, man, you look you look great, but you look haggard. <laughs> what, what happened? Um, I actually woke up with so much excitement, and it was I was only six miles from the actual terminus from finishing, and I woke up and there was like a couple inches of snow on the ground out of nowhere, and I was I was so excited. I just like was running those six miles, and I tripped and fell. And I have this gnarly gash on my knee and it's bloody, but like, I didn't even feel it. I was pumped of adrenaline. I just wanted to get to that terminus. I wanted to get there. Had a bottle of champagne I was carrying for like the last hundred miles. And I didn't even feel it until I looked in the picture and I was like, whoa, my knee's pretty bloody. When did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) So it was one of those moments that it just, it just, I was just blissed out. And I, I don't even think I even felt the pain from it it just looked a lot gnarlier and the scar is definitely there (laughs) ah that's cool that's a good scar to have what um yeah what yeah and that and that really made for a a really epic picture for your finish (laughs) that's awesome it it puts the whole fearless sarah that's like the epitome (laughs) so what what about uh so the colorado trail um i actually just interviewed um princess of darkness from the trail show and I know they're really big about the Colorado Trail as well. Um, what, what what were some of the highlights there? I, I don't know too much about that trail. Oh, the Colorado Trail is amazing. I highly suggest that trail. It was 486 miles, and I'd never been to Colorado before. So I wanted to do a trail last year, but I didn't have the finances to leave for five months. So I conjured up this, the, the CT. I did some research, and the whole trail is like, 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 feet. And it is stunning. Colorado is like a whole different universe, I feel like. And like, it was just so amazing. I did that actually with a friend of mine from Hawaii, the PCT and the AT, I did solo. So it was kind of nice to have a friend with me, but we were busting the miles out, like 23, 24 miles a day. We did the whole thing in 28 days and we um, climbed Mount Albert and Mount Massive, which are the two tallest um, 14ers in all of Colorado, the second and third tallest in the contiguous United States. So it was just like this constant high and the views were incredible. I I love Colorado. It's kind of like my new end game now. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, despite the elevation, did you run into any snow? A lot of snow and a lot of lightning. Um, We started on July 4th and ended at the end of the month. But the last week, we were pretty much dodging lightning storms at like 10,000 feet above treeline. Wow. That's scary. (laughs) 
on the AT, I would be like, it's okay, guys. We're only at like 4,000 feet. We're not above the trees right now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the AT is such a contrast, right? So, uh, I mean, I've never been over there, but uh, how can you even talk about the PCT and the Colorado Trail after just coming off uh, the AT? I, the AT kicked my butt, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I underestimated it. The AT was, it was a lot of rain this year, and... The grade is so different. The PCT and the Colorado Trail are such newer trails that you don't just go straight up the mountain. You've got these long, slow switchbacks to get up the mountain. So it's not so rough on your knees. But the AT just takes you right up the mountain and right down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's what I've heard about. I mean, you know, you look at some of your pictures, and I've seen some other pictures from folks, and it's like, oh, man, here's this awesome 4,000-foot peak or whatever, you know, mountain. And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but but yeah, the trail itself is is pretty rugged. For sure, it was, it was stunning though, and and there's something about going through thir- 14 states that's just it's constantly changing. You may get the Virginia blues, which is common. It was just rough because that's that's like 500 miles through that state. So you're just, are you ever gonna get out of Virginia? Are you ever gonna get out of Virginia? Oh, but man. then there's some you can just go through a couple states in a week, and it's 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 really empowering. Yeah, and um, so you do a lot on social media. How is that from the trail? Um, it's not so difficult. The The Appalachian Trail wasn't as bad, and it was kind of nice to have a lot of phone service on the Appalachian Trail to kind of share, like, Instagram stories of, like, me making two packs of ramen and still being hungry and eating a <laughs> Snickers bar afterwards for dinner. Um so I think there's just a lot of questions in this through hiking thing. And the more people I talk to about it, they want to know the details, you know, how long has it been since you've showered? So it's kind of nice to just share a picture and say, Hey, this is me. I've haven't showered in 10 days. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so the, the AT was kind of nice because it's a little more difficult on the Pacific crest trail. And, um, the Colorado wasn't too bad. Um, I just like informing people and sharing, sharing what makes me feel so alive because I feel like a lot of people think they have these things that are stopping them from doing it, but it's all about choices. Yeah. I mean, definitely with your story, um, man, you you got that nailed. (laughs) Well, uh, I don't know if it's nailed, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's crazy. Um, so what, uh, so you mentioned Colorado as being kind of maybe somewhere where you might want to move. Is that kind of what you meant by that? Yeah, I um I've kind of lived in Hawaii for about 10 years and I'm I'm feeling the need to be more on the mainland and kind of make a new home base. I um you know you kind of you're somewhere for a long time, but all my family's in Florida and I have such a great friend group and and kind of like a family in Hawaii, but I want to be around bigger mountains and start playing on the mountains more and kind of see if I can take that anywhere professionally. Wow, that'd be cool. What does professional mean when it comes to the mountains? Uh, for me, I, I, in my mindset, I guess I would say like being like a, a hiking guide on the side or doing some learning more, like continuing my education. I'm a nanny, and so that's pretty much how I afford to do these things. Um, I travel with families and I work through agencies, but just the more I'm on the trail, the more I want to like bring that to other people's lives, even if it's taking them on a guided trip or working with children in wilderness therapy. Um, I just feel like there's more in my future that can be done 
in the bigger mountains on the mainland. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Colorado seems to be quite the hot spot there too. Yeah. Um, so what, what would be, uh, possibly a next trail that you have in your mind? I actually have the Arizona trail on my mind. It's about 800 miles. And I, last year before I did the Colorado trail, I went to Arizona and did the Grand Canyon, um, with one of my friends that I'd hiked over 2000 miles with that I met on the Pacific crest trail. So seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time and the history was absolutely incredible. So I think it would be a good gamble hike before I decide to do the CDT for my Triple Crown. Uh, so that's on the horizon as well, huh? Oh, that's absolutely on the horizon. <laughs> I can't imagine it's not. I mean, you seem to just be uh, completely all in here. <laughs> it's hard to quit. It's hard to, it's hard to walk away from your life on trail and put yourself into the, I call it the fake world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, so have you had a chance to, like I, I brought up the trail show, um, you know, you, you brought up Triple Crown. Um, have you integrated yourself into like the kind of uh, the hiking world as far as that goes? Like, are you a member of all the West or anything like that? Not yet, because I kind of thought when I did the PCT, I was going to get it out of my system, to be honest with you. I thought I had to like settle some things with myself and kind of have this journey. And I think now I'm realizing that it's a part of who I am. It is who I am. It's not something that is going to get out of my system. It is something that is my system. So I plan on putting some more effort and energy into connecting with more people and um, making it more a bigger part of my life and connecting with different podcasts and different opportunities to talk and, and share my story and learn more. Yeah, for sure. The All the West Gathering sounds like a cool thing there, um, and it's actually in Colorado this year, so... Um, I think when the podcast comes out, it'll already have come and passed. But, uh, yeah, you know, so looking something like that would be kind of fun. I, I enjoy getting around those folks. And uh, the reason why I was thinking about it was because uh, uh, when I was down at the PCT days this last year, I met uh, Lent. Uh, are you there? Oh, yeah, oh. I met him in, on the PCT as well. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, cool, man. And talk about a triple crowner. That guy's a triple, triple crowner. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Like, I mean, I can only imagine. <laughs> hey. I've uh, got a way to support the show today. That is uh, just clicking a few things on my website. So if you go to the show notes of the episode, uh, check out mytrailcompany.com. Uh, if you like Golight, then this is the original owner of Golight. It took it all back, has uh, original products and stuff. And uh, you just click through my link there, and I get a little credit for that. Also, REI, if you shop REI online, then uh, you know go to, to my uh, show notes. Click through the REI.com logo, and it's the same website. You're just giving me a little bit of kickback. And the same with Amazon. If you shop Amazon at all and you want to support the show, pretty easy. Just uh, just click through my website, and you're going to get the same exact Amazon. It's just going to give me a little kickback as well. One of the best ways to support the show, of course, is Patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. And that's, uh, that's joining me. That's my little spot there, and... You know, you pledge a dollar or $5 a month. That all goes right back to the show. So you're supporting the show. You're supporting me. And I appreciate you as a listener. Now back to the episode. I'm sure you've met a ton of hikers just in your hikes, like like you just mentioned, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such a good community. It's such, a, such an amazing community. And it was, it was just nice, too, on the Appalachian Trail for someone to be like, oh, are you fearless, Sarah? I've followed you for years or... Thank you for helping me get out on a trail or thinking that I can. And that's really what 
I just want to do with social media and the entire bit of sharing my hikes and my experiences and what I'm going through is because I don't want to paint a picture of this is me with makeup on going from a weekend hike. I want to show the <laughs> nitty gritty because that's what it's all about. And it's not just about the good times. It's about the struggle and it carries on from the trail into my personal world into into everything else. You know, I can't really cut myself short and not try to, to go after something or achieve something because I've been on that mountain and I didn't think I was going to take another step and I kept taking more steps. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like how you just kind of tailed off there too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, just like the way you did, the way you, the way you presented that was, was cool. Um, I got, uh, I had a couple questions. I, I wanted to reach out to some of my listeners. I started a Facebook group for just my listeners to try to see yeah. if they could, you know, ask questions to certain guests and stuff. And, I don't think I hit up, I, I just started it, and um, I don't think I hit up the exact folks that necessarily follow you, but uh, Nick Hoyt was wanting to know, because um, you've done quite a few trails in different uh, areas and stuff, especially going, um, you know, over into the Himalayas, right? Was that what you said? Yeah. 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 Um, so he wanted to know, like, what's what are some of, like, the worst bug bites or animal encounters you've seen? Um, I will tell you, Yosef, the Sierras was the worst mosquitoes I've ever had in my life. Like uh-huh. I was convinced that's how I was going to die. I was just going to scratch myself to death. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was absolutely terrible for like three days. You don't have mosquitoes in Hawaii? Uh, no, not like that. They were <laughs> from like hell or something. It was terrible. Uh-huh. Um, I mean a couple, I don't like snakes and there's no snakes in Hawaii. So it's kind of, I've kind of been spoiled. Um, but on the trail, you kind of just forced, I mean, I saw my first rattlesnake, like my second day on the PCT and I had no option just to be like, okay, we're going to do this. We're just going to run around this guy and keep going. Um, but probably the worst one would be in Colorado. Um, at two in the morning, my friend and I were camping in our tents and we were the only ones. And it was like our first week on trail. And when it's your first week on trail, the little noises kind of wake you up. Until you get used to it, until you're too tired to wake up and care, you hear something and you're up and you're like, what is that, you know? Yeah. And one night it was a moose because we could hear its hooves. We could, it's, its large feet just pounding and it must have smelt our food or something, but we could just hear it and being on the ground, sleeping on the ground and feeling the ground move and shake when a moose is that close. Wow. Um, it's a little much, but, you know, you're so tired. My friend's like, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're going to yell at it for a while. So you just go away, moose, go away. Uh-huh. Um, kind of like the bears, they just eventually run away. <laughs> oh, man, that is wild, yeah. Um, well, uh, I have a couple, two more questions there. Patricia Moen, uh, she wanted to ask, is how hard is it to transition back into real life for you after being on the trail? <laughs> Honestly, it kind of sounds like you haven't because you just keep hiking. <laughs> it's it's very difficult i'll be honest with you it's 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 very difficult and i always have a plan for myself because i after the pacific crest trail i i went back to hawaii and i was just it's rough you know your your brain isn't producing the endorphins the chemical serotonin everything's not the same you know you're not covering distances and it's, it was really rough, and I immediately like took a job in Kenya like three days later because I wanted to avoid it. And so um, I always try to have a plan, and I always try to like 
keep in contact with people that I know from the trail so we can kind of support one another and call one another when we're like going through a rough patch or just kind of feeling indifferent. Um, but this year after the Appalachian Trail, I actually came to spend time with my family. And so that was really helpful for me because I've been thousands and thousands of miles away from them for so long. So it helps to talk about it, but it helps to kind of have a plan. So I've been working and, and submersing myself in other activities and um, working out a lot because I know that it's good for my mind to have something. So lifting in the gym or going for runs or doing yoga, it helps me to kind of feel like I still have that element of, of feeling, feeling really good about myself. I guess yeah. Say. <laughs> well, I'm wondering too, to kind of sidebar that question. Um, I'm wondering how much maybe like your fans, you know, what we would call fans on like a Facebook page or whatever, um, do they help you as well? Just being able to kind of talk about things or they're asking questions and it helps you work things out. Absolutely. And that's the best thing I have now is that I can be more vulnerable about things and more honest because people have seen me and been a part of my journey for a couple of years. So I feel like it allows me to kind of share these things and to feel really respected and really understood because people are like, oh, but you've been there. You can do this. You can do that. And it's super helpful. I kind of feel like I've, I've just got a lot of supporters. And it kind of feels like a hug. And to be able to just make something on Instagram or on my Facebook page, like I'm struggling today, but I got to spend time with my nephew. So this is us. And, and I'm going to take him on a hike or do something like that. So it definitely helps. I, I have some of the best supporters. And that's it's it's really nice to know. It feels really good. Yeah, it's really cool that they can, uh, you know, they can kind of help you out a little bit, but also you're uh, truly inspiring them as well. So that's really cool. Uh, let's see. Last question was from Mark Boyle. He was actually just on episode 74. He's a backcountry painter. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. He wanted to say, uh, you know, you being over uh, on the Appalachian Trail, did you happen to run into anything you might call like a moonshiner stash or anything? I, think, I know he's kind of joking <laughs> around. <laughs> No, but there was some questionable towns I went through that I wouldn't be surprised. And I definitely was offered some moonshine from a man in Damascus on a bike wearing a crop top with eyes as big as bugs. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it came from his his stash somewhere, but he was just the sweetest man that wanted to share his his moonshine. (laughs) Well, Well, did you? Of course, it was delicious. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I pulled I pulled out like a Dr Pepper because I just gotten into town and there was a, a vending machine, and all I ever want on trail is cold soda, cold soda. So I got a Dr Pepper and I had just done like a thirty two mile day, and I was winded. And he come around on a bike and I went to go pull the Dr Pepper out and he was like, "Honey, you don't need a chaser." And then he took a swig. My friend took a swig, and I was like, okay, it's trustworthy. I'll take a swig. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't died yet. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to just kind of end with a, with a question. Um, you know, you, you're fearless because you overcame uh, so much. But uh, that, that first time when you, when you left uh, kind of what was your home there in Hawaii, and you went to the Pacific Crest Trail, and you saw snow and all these mosquitoes, um, you know, was there a time where you're scared? I I would tell you if I said no, I'd be lying. Um, but I what I do typically tell people is that 
there's many moments like I was in Northern Virginia in the Cascades or Northern, sorry, Northern Washington ending the trail. And that was actually probably the more scared I've ever been. It was like 30 degrees and it was raining for like five days straight. And I was just so cold and everything I had was soaking wet and your mind just starts to play tricks on you. And I just kept telling myself, you guys just keep telling yourself, you know, like this, you can, you've made it this far and um, 90% of your problems can be solved by just continuing to walk. And it may be cold and it may be uncomfortable and you may be freezing and it's snowing and it's raining, but you've got to keep moving. And um, that kind of helps as well with the post-trail depression, you know, just kind of keep moving, keep yourself busy. You can't dwell on it. And um, so, yeah, the scared thing definitely happens, but now I know in Nepal I knew it was 19 degrees, but I'd been through worse. It, it was going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, um, how can people get a hold of you? Like, what's your, uh, your, your handle on Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing? It's just Fearless Sarah. I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well. So just send me a message on either one of those if you have any questions about hiking or, or just curious about adventuring or something of that nature. <laughs> No, that's good. Yeah. And um, before when you first started hiking, uh, I guess I should ask this. I've been trying to ask uh, most of the women that I I interview. um, I know we just asked the the feared versus scared uh, portion, uh, but I was really wondering um, what could you say to women on the trail that are themselves scared uh, for whatever reason it might be? Um, is there anything you could kind of say to people that, or maybe you do say to people that can kind of put women at ease to get out in the, the, the woods? We're just as capable as anybody else out there. It's such a, an amazing community as well. So in through hiking, there's tons of females and it's so supportive. I mean, I feel like high school or middle school was more terrifying for me than like being on the trail. <laughs> Girls are vicious <laughs> in school and growing up and, it's just, it's, it's amazing. You feel you're as women, like you just become strong, your bodies, you lose weight, you gain muscle, you just become this force and it's, it kind of takes over. So it's okay to start with a little bit of uneasiness or uncomfortableness because it's where we all start, you know, and it's, you build from there one day, you know, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about sleeping in this woods overnight and you do it. And the next day you walk and you walk a little further and it just gets easier every day and there's no reason to not go because you're scared of any animals or lack of food or anything. Like it just all has a way of working out. The trail always provides. That's awesome. Well, Hey, thanks so much, uh, Sarah, for coming on the Cascade Hiker podcast. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. One more time, thanks to Whiskey Fever for letting me use that awesome track there. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine in the sunshine I could feel you coming on strong Could never be wrong, could never be wrong
see her laying down in the tall grass, playing mandolin in a white dress. So come running when I hear that song, it can never be.